This episode is supported by Jace Medical. You may or may not know that in December, drug shortages across the U.S. hit a record high. This is causing severe disruptions in medical treatments, resulting in delays, treatment cancellations, and the unfortunate rationing of vital medications. I know that I have heard in the last few months from multiple mom friends of mine, instances where they have not been able to get medications for themselves or for their children in critical crisis moments. This is so, so scary. I know I've had friends with their kids having seasonal flu cold symptoms, struggling to breathe, and they're at urgent care and unable to get the antibiotics that they need because of these shortages. This is scary stuff. Most notably, one of the short supply antibiotics is amoxicillin, which is commonly used for so many of our children's illnesses. So here's where Jace Medical comes in. They have the Jace case, which is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that are used for the most common and deadly bacterial infections. And you can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your or your children's family's unique needs, like an EpiPen, for example, something that you would never want to be without, would never want to have to run from pharmacy to pharmacy in pursuit of. So if you want to go get these medications and have your antibiotics on supply so that you always have them when you need them in case of an emergency, in case of a disaster, in case of being a, you know, a victim of this drug shortage, Jace Medical will have you covered. All you need to do is go to jacemedical.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code SHAMELESS at jacemedical, J-A-S-E medical.com, jacemedical.com, code SHAMELESS. This is the Shameless Mom Academy episode 456 with Nikita Burks Hale. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, including any discount codes from our sponsors, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 456. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Oh, mamas, this is a special one. Nikita is someone who I have known and adored for a while now. She started out as a client in the Shameless Mom Academy, became a member of Momentum Mamas, and then a member of Tenacious Mamas. And then she joined the team as our community manager, and she was recently promoted to the beyond deserved new role of assistant coach within the Shameless Mom Academy. Nikita Burks-Hale is such a gem, such a gift, such a brilliant, beautiful badass, and I'm so excited to be welcoming her to the show today. Nikita is the CEO and the head creative of Journey Girl Magic Productions, a podcast production company that supports and empowers women of color as they bring their unique voices to the masses through podcasting. She's also the host of two podcasts, the Journey Girl Magic Podcast and the Podcaster's Journey, which is launching in August. Nikita is a journeyer in every sense of the word and truly believes that life is a journey and you must be open to it to see its endless possibilities. Her coaching and personal beliefs are centered around living your imperfect journey to the fullest by showing up, being vulnerable, practicing gratitude, being a badass, and enjoying the ride. When Nikita is not coaching, producing, or journeying, you can find her Netflix binging classics with her wife, Jessica, and catching up on the latest episode of the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse with her toddler son, Adonis. 
On top of all that, she's the assistant coach in the Shameless Mom Academy. So if you are in any of my membership communities, you see her frequently and you know how much magic this woman holds. So listen in to hear Nikita share her journey into motherhood in a same-sex marriage with an infertility diagnosis, what it means to embrace your magic in a really tangible, non-woo sort of way, how she was showing up and saying yes, even when it's super uncomfortable, what she has had to shed to become her most authentic self and find her inner magic, how to own your badassery over other people's validations of you, her five steps to living an imperfect journey, and how she started to practice discernment in order to have deeper impact. So listen in to hear Nikita share her journey into motherhood in a same-sex marriage with an infertility diagnosis, what it means to embrace your magic in a really tangible, non-woo kind of a way, how she is showing up and saying yes, even when it's super uncomfortable, what she has had to shed to become her most authentic self and find her inner magic, how to own your badassery over other people's validation of you, her five steps to living an imperfect journey, and how she started to practice discernment in order to have deeper impact. To know Nikita is to love her. And after this conversation, you're going to know her a little bit better and love her even more. I am so excited and so honored to welcome Nikita Burks-Hale to the Shameless Mom Academy. Nikita, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm super excited to have you here today. I am beyond excited to be here today. Thank you for having me, Sarah. (laughs) So I have to give behind the scenes how we know each other. Like, you know, I always like to share that about my guests, but Nikita is actually part of the Shameless team. And having her be a guest on the Shameless Mom Academy has been a long time in the making. And I recently found out, so I have known for quite a while that I wanted you to come be a guest on the show. And I found out recently that you had like set this as a goal And I'll let you speak to that, but it makes it feel very exciting that it's happening. Do you want to share what the goal was? Yes, it really feels full circle because I remember with my first phone call with you after I'd been listening to the Shameless Mom Academy for a couple of months, and then I inquired about some business coaching. And after that call, I set a goal of, I want to be on this podcast. That is my goal. And so every time you would release an episode, I hear myself hearing you say, Nikita Burks, hell, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. And I just heard that. And so I can't help but laugh and also be really proud that it really has come full circle. Oh, I love it. It's so great. So Nikita started out as a coaching client. And I always joke about like, we did this coaching call consultation in I was like parked in a parking lot in my car and like, this is how business happens sometimes, but we did a coaching call and the growth and transformation you've had since that initial coaching call is just huge. And the ways you've shown up, like what really led from you being a coaching client and a community member to joining the team was how you showed up as a client and how you showed up as a member of the community, really growing in leadership really quickly and letting yourself shine and being so thoughtful and supportive and conscientious of other members. And there was just all these layers to how you chose to stand in your voice and in your power within our community to the point that I was like, I want her to come be over here on the team and help lead in addition to like being, you know, super engaged with our community as well. So that's been really fun. Yes. Okay. So what I want to do now is how we always start that this is probably like the next question you're waiting for, right? Because... (laughs) 
because you know what's going to happen. So I'm ready. I want to start with learning a little bit more about the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio and what you're most excited about right now. But I also want to let people know and honor that we're recording this on June 11th. So we are in the middle of a pandemic. We're in the middle of a cultural revolution in our country that's impacting, you know, things on a global level. We have, there's a lot going on. I want to honor the space that you're in as a woman, as a mom, as a black woman in the middle of all of that. And so with that said, can you tell us a little bit more about your personal and professional life and what, in spite of all this all, like, how are you doing and what are you excited about? Because I know that those two things might be different, but can coexist. Yeah. So I would say they kind of coexist, like you just said. I posted on my Facebook account today that this is the first day in a while that I have woken up and felt good. I mean, good for me just means feeling more like myself. And I further went along to say, I took a deep breath and I smiled. Today is going to be a good day. And so for me, good days are essential. And quite honestly, it's been a while since I've had a good day with everything that's been going on. I'm an empath and I'm a journeyer at heart. And I'll talk a lot more about that later, but I feel a lot. And so there's been a lot going on in the world today. And that's a really vague statement to say this cultural revolution that's going on, Black Lives Matter and seeing my brown brothers and sisters being killed at astonishing rate. And then having my son and my wife and just trying to live each day in my power and who I am, and also knowing that that intimidates a lot of people. So it's heavy at times. Um, This is about a week when we're recording this, a week before Juneteenth, which was the official day that the last slaves found out that they were no longer, slavery had been abolished. And so that is also in my mind. And it feels good today to just take a breath and have a high moment because there are a lot of tough and heavy moments. And also there are good moments too. There are moments when I'm laughing with my son, when I'm watching Netflix with my do- with my wife and days where I feel quote unquote normal and that's okay. So just taking all of that, I'm excited about exploring more of those moments right now in my personal and professional life. How do I take everything that's going on around me, use it as an ignition, use it as motivation, which is really what I'm feeling. Once I go through my feels and really get to the root of those, then I get this motivation of this is how I want to come back at this. This is how I'm finding my power in this. I will not be victimized. I will not let people think that I'm not worthy. I'm going to show you how I'm worthy. And so I'm really excited about the road and that journey to that right now. And so vaguely, but that is what I'm most excited about. I love that. And I know you and I have had some conversations. We have another meeting today. I love that we get to wear all these hats at the same time. So right now you're a guest on the show, but later today we have another call scheduled because Nikita is working on some cool things, which maybe you'll share later, but just business-wise, like really thinking about what do you want? In addition to working on the Shameless Mom Academy team, you do some other work and looking at like, how do you want to really take a critical look at this moment in time to have deeper impact moving forward. And I think the way I've seen you leaning in and listening around that is creating some space for some really exciting things. Would you agree? I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah, I'm so excited. So, okay, I want to talk about your journey into motherhood. And you've already alluded to a couple things just in what you've already shared, but everyone has a really unique journey into motherhood and <laughs> yours is like everyone else's unique. And we actually have a couple things that kind of overlap in our entrance into motherhood. So I'm excited to hear this piece of your story and go ahead and share with us. How did you journey into motherhood? 
Yes. And you use the word journey. And so your listeners, like you say it from time to time, like that is my life. So if I say journey 75 times, that's not my equivalent to um, that's just my experience. I call myself the journeyer. My podcast is centered around journey. My business is centered around the journey. That is who I am. So anytime somebody says journey, it it just makes me smile and happy. (laughs) So I am saying that my journey to motherhood is nothing like I expected it to be. I am in a same-sex marriage and we have been married for five years and we decided about three years ago that we wanted to start a family. And I thought it would be easy, quote unquote, meaning that we would go see your fertility doctor, we would do what we needed to do, and then we would have a kid done. Then we start the loveliness of motherhood. All of, None of that happened the way it was supposed to. Oh, a long story short. That part I can relate to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> have a feeling like, oh, it's just steps one through three. And then you're like, hold on, how are we on step 87 right now? Exactly. And one wasn't even an option. Okay, got it. Right. And so with my journey to motherhood, I am one of the many IVF warriors in the world. Um, I found out after three failed IUIs that I could not have kids in the traditional way, as traditional as it could be in a same-sex marriage. (laughs) So that's the other caveat on top. Right. And so after that, then we really were given two choices, knowing that there are many other choices, but it was basically adoption or IVF. And can you share with people, because anyone who hasn't been through any infertility, could you just give a brief description of the difference between IUI and IVF? Because some people might not know, and they are dramatically different in terms of physical impact and financial impact. Yes. So IUI is essentially where, in a same-sex marriage, I'll speak from that experience, where you have the sperm and the egg, and they are both put into the uterus. Mm Mm-hmm so that they can fertilize and then go on to make a baby. And the sperm is basically like through like the it's I mean, to make it super simplified, because we did many rounds of IUI. It's basically like a syringe type situation, like the doctor syringes into you through a little catheter sperm into your uterus. So it's pretty simplistic and not super expensive. It's not free, but it's not super expensive. So on contrast, go ahead and talk about IVF. Yes. On contrast, as you were saying, IVF is when that is not going to work. And for me specifically, both of my tubes are completely blocked beyond repair. So there was no way that the sperm could travel to the egg to then go to the, there was, that wasn't happening. So IVF is when the doctor's like, you know what, we're just going to do all this for you. Yeah. (laughs) So they're going to take the sperm, the egg, they're going to fertilize it. And then they're going to place that fertilized embryo into the uterus to develop and hopefully become a baby. And so I went through that. And the first time I was lucky enough to and blessed enough to conceive my son. And then we went on a journey after that, once we decided we wanted to have kids again, to try IVF again. And that is when, again, you think the first time it worked, all right, we're going to be good for the second time. And that was not the case. So we tried again. Honestly, it was barely six months ago and it ended in a chemical pregnancy. We started another round of IVF right in the middle of COVID. And I was about a week and a half into my IVF shots and stem treatments. And if you've ever been through that, having that canceled when you've already been a week and a half into those is not fun at all. But it happened. And then I waited, had to wait for about six weeks to then try a third time with IVF. And so we are now awaiting results and hopefully we'll have some good news pretty soon. Regardless, it'll I'll find my peace with it. But that has been my journey to motherhood of being in a same sex marriage and not really beating those stereotypes of, oh, you're in a same sex marriage, but you can still have a kid easily. That was not the case for me. I was diagnosed as infertile and in a same-sex marriage. And so I like to speak on that because that is not a a story or side of it that I hear often. So Right. Yeah. And I want to point out, I think this is something that's just like in something in motherhood related to COVID that I think 
a lot of people haven't given consideration to just because they wouldn't know about it. But fertility clinics basically had to shut down during COVID. And there was so many women in the middle of treatments and in the middle of cycles, different phases of IVF that like lost complete cycles. And I don't know how individual treatment centers were handling that or managing it, but the the time and energy and physical and financial investment that goes into that is massive. And for many people, they're doing this with very limited resources because it's so expensive and because it's put such physical demand on your body. So you said like your cycle got canceled. This happened to so many women because of COVID, because of what happened had to happen with clinics to keep people safe. It's just devastating to have to, ha- when something like that happens, and this is something you've been planning for for so long and invested so many resources. Exactly. And it's just one of those where you really have to, for me, I had to find, okay, what is the light out of the situation? And it's not always about finding that light, but for me, that's what I have to do. And so by me being safe, I'm protecting myself. I'm protecting my future unborn child. I'm protecting my family. Yes, it sucks. That I'm not going to lie about. And also there is not another option. So I have to embrace that, come to terms with that and patiently wait. Yeah. Well, we are sending you lots of love for your upcoming results and hoping that the best things happen. (laughs) Yes. Fingers crossed. Yes. Okay. So I want to talk about your journey to becoming your most authentic self and finding inner magic. So one of the things that we early on in working together, I had kind of, I don't remember how much I was talking about magic because I will say when I started kind of using magic in my, the way I talked about things happening in the world and around moms and women finding their power, I was like, I don't want this to sound super woo woo and too abstract, but I do feel like there's just all of this magic that we can find when we start to harness our strength and find our voice and and step into our power. So I started using that and I think it was around the time we started working together and then you came up with this idea for your own podcast and incorporating journey girl magic and I was so excited about this because I was like, this is exactly what I am digging into right now as well. And so when I ask you about your journey to becoming your most authentic self and finding your inner magic, it's not just like a super casual, like, how'd you find your inner magic? Like this, I think for you is really at the core of who you are and who you are becoming and how you are becoming. So can you talk about all of that? Yes. And that idea of magic, a lot of people do that as a first step saying, embrace your magic as step number one. And that's where I think people feel like it's woo. Yeah. When actually I believe it's that final step of when you've done all of this work and you realize, oh, this is who I am. Damn, I'm ready to make this happen. That is where that magic come from. So for me, really becoming my most authentic self had to start off with me defining what that meant for me. So in defining that, that meant also figuring out what that did not mean to me. So really sitting down and saying, okay, what things feel good right now? What things do not feel good right now? And just doing some exploration. Um, You you call it getting curious. How can I lean more into those things that make me feel good? And what does that do for me? What data am I collecting? How does that feel? Does it make me feel even better? Am I moving forward? What am I noticing around myself? Am I accomplishing more goals when I am doing those things that make me feel good? Am I becoming complacent? So really taking some time to become a little scientist and try these things out, try doing things that I love doing, doing those more, doing those more often, and then taking some time to reflect about how those feel for me. So that was definitely the first step. After that, I realized, and this is something I've just put into words recently, was saying yes. And I gifted myself a book by Shonda Rhimes, A Year of Yes, and I've started going through it. And it's allowed me to realize that for 2020, as out of this world as it has been, 
I've really made it a point to start saying yes to more things and not talking myself out of things. And more importantly, realizing that when you say yes, that doesn't mean it's going to feel good. I often used to think that when I said yes, it was like, yes, I'm ready. Mm. And what I found is when I say yes, it's like, oh, crap. Okay. All right. Now I feel like I got to throw up. Okay. And that's okay. That saying yes doesn't always mean it's going to feel great. But I know that journey going through it and that process I started when I said yes, that's what leads me to becoming my most authentic self and eventually finding that magic. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. And then finally, is really talking about me realizing in order for me to become my authentic self, I had to realize that where I am at currently, who I am currently, is not my authentic self. The old me is not where I'm trying to go. I'm not trying to go backwards. And I found myself being in that pattern when I say, okay, I'm going to get back to who I used to be. I can't because so many things have happened. There's no way it's not possible for me to go back to who I used to be before I had my son, because my son is here. And just the fact of what I went through to bring him here has changed that. And so me seeing and realizing in order to be my authentic self, I have to move forward and that I'm going to have to change regardless. It doesn't mean becoming this whole new person, but it may. But it's just that idea of who I was is not who I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be someone that I'm not 100% sure of who that is yet. And let's do it. Mm, I love that. So good. And okay, we have to go back to talking about Year of Yes, because it's one of my all-time favorite books. And you texted me like, I don't know, was it two a week and a half, two weeks ago? And you with a picture of it. And you were like, here's my self-care. And I was like, I love that 
for self-care, Nikita is going to go learn some more. But it's such a phenomenal book and it speaks so well. It's such a great book with a million lessons and such good humor. Shonda Rhimes' storytelling is just unparalleled, but she speaks so well to saying yes to uncomfortable things. And that is going back to magic. Like that is absolutely where the magic is. It's not just saying yes to like something that's fun and easy and simple and like has gives you immediate gratification. It's often the saying yes to the things that the, the gratification is extremely delayed and complicated and scary to get to. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And she uses some great examples in the book around that. I have some examples of for you I'm thinking of, but do you have an example of something that you've said yes to in the last year or so that it has been like a yes that's been super scary with no immediate gratification? If I go back to a previous question, so there's quite a few things. I could say my choosing to do IVF again. Just that idea of, we're going to try to have another child. So not even knowing that that's going to work out. Can I also like pull back the curtain on your child sleeping, your first child sleeping habits? Literally a week and a half ago, we just started sleeping through the night. Otherwise I was getting up at least three times a night and a half. Yeah. On our team meetings, we were all like, we don't understand why you want another child when you're still getting up three times a night with your two-year-old. And we were like, do you, you understand this is going to make things worse, right? I'm like, I think I do, but. But you know, something inside me is telling me to say yes. So here we are. Oh my God. I was totally in awe. <laughs> but then now that you mentioned that, and I'm not saying the two are necessarily related, and also they could be, but as soon as I really made that decision, I started kind of to hone in a bit of, okay, what does he need at bedtime? What, how is this working? Let me just try this one thing. This, like we've tried a baby gate before, but it's not really working. Let's just try a baby gate. Hot damn. The baby gate was the answer to him sleeping through the night. Okay, now I have maybe, hopefully, 10 months of good sleeping before it all gets messed up again. Maybe. So. <laughs> right. And we were on a call on a Monday morning. You're like, I finally slept last night. We were like, oh my gosh, what did you do? We put up a baby gate. I was like, "That? did you like you hire a sleep consultant? Nope. We just put up a baby gate. <laughs> just tried something and hoped that it worked and tried it consistently. So. Yeah. I also think something that I've seen you do over and over outside of motherhood in terms of saying yes to scary things and delayed gratification is you like it became a joke when you were in a member of our community, how many projects you said yes to and just took off running with like it was so impressive. And when I say a joke, it wasn't because we weren't taking you seriously. It was because we were in awe and no one else was wanting to step up in that way. So you like you would have an idea for a concept, a project, a business plan, and you would just go and you started like, I don't know, seven things in seven weeks about a year ago. And every time we would get on a call together, I was like, you've done what? Because <laughs> you were doing so many things. So do you want, can you speak a little bit to saying yes in that capacity? Yes. So for me, it's amazing how that happened because I just went with it and it wasn't something where I was trying to be the best at it. I have just always had a lot of different passions and the drive and the personal just go, let's just try it out and see, because I know that if it doesn't work, okay, I know I'm going to do something else. And so for me, the, I guess what I had to work and figure out for myself is once I'm doing all those things, now what's really going to, what really fits. And so I was constantly trying new things because it was something I was interested in. And so if I've got that motivation, why not just go with it? Why not just see how far it gets? And also you have to be aware of don't overload your plate. But I've been someone who has always had 
a lot to do. I've always done a lot, not necessarily being busy, but I've just been multi-passionate in the true sense of the word. And for a while, it used to be something I was shamed upon. You're always so busy. You're always doing so much. And I found myself adopting the language of, oh, how are you? I'm so busy. When I was just following my passions and I had to reclaim like, no, actually I'm doing the things I love. I'm surrounded by all these things that I love and I've never felt so alive. Do I need to sleep more? Yes. And I'm going to work on prioritizing that. And also I'm so lit up that I want to keep going and figuring out boundaries along the way. Yeah, I love that. This episode is sponsored by my very own upcoming workshop just for you. So this is a free virtual workshop I'm hosting just for all my shameless moms. And this workshop is going to be all about five mindset resets you need to shine like a mother. And I did this workshop last November. It was fire and magic and power. It was amazing. It was such a great event. So many moms came and learned a ton and made new connections, connections in their brains and connections with other people. It was so great. So then I did another version of this talk at the Shameless Mom Con Collective, our virtual conference this year, and it was even better. And now I'm merging the two and I'm also going to make it all really relevant to where we're at right now as a culture, as a society, as a world, especially as a country in the US here. And I'm bringing you these five mindset resets that you need to shine like a mother at this very moment in history. So if you are needing a little bit of power, hope, connection in this time that we are living in, in this middle of this 2020 that we just could have never envisioned happening, this is for you. So this workshop is specifically for moms who desire more courage and confidence in the face of uncertainty who want to take more powerful and purposeful action right now, and who need to retrain negative thought patterns into positive thought patterns, and for those of you craving connection with other like-minded mamas. So here's what I know right now. I know that we are stronger together. I know that we can learn from each other. I know that we can lean on each other. I know that we can grow even when it hurts like a mother. I know that there is hope even when the world feels heavier than ever before. And here's what I know most of all. You are strong, you are powerful, you are capable, you are resourceful, you are resilient, and you are not alone. So join me on July 15th for this free workshop. We're gonna be meeting July 15th, 4 p.m. Pacific, that's 7 p.m. Eastern. We'll meet for 90 minutes. You will learn, you will laugh, you will love every minute of this. It's gonna be a ton of goodness, a ton of fun, while also getting some great education and really tangible tools that you can use to walk away with a sense of direction and a sense of purpose, even in the face of very uncertain, very hard and heavy times. So to sign up for the workshop, just go to shamelessmom.com shine. And make sure you get yourself over there quickly to get registered so that you don't miss out on this opportunity to join me to challenge yourself to embrace these five mindset resets that you need to shine like a mother to make this year a powerful year, the year that you were more resilient than you ever thought you could be. We're in this together. I got your back and I will see you on July 15th. Go to shamelessmom.com slash shine to join me. Can you tell me what have you had to shed in order to become your most authentic self and find this inner magic? Because you talked about like not being able to go back. And so I'm curious if there's certain things that you shed in order to move forward or there's certain things that you've let go. I've like, I've seen this such a shift in a metamorphosis around who you are and how you show up. But like, there were so many things that were already there, but they're so much brighter now. And I'm curious if you can articulate what you've shed in the process. Yes. If you get into the four tendencies, I'm a huge obliger. Mm. And the way that it showed up is not in trying to do all the things to impress people. But once I started doing those things and people noticed them, I feel like I had to keep doing them. And so it would end up me being having 
five different things I was interested in. And I may the next week realize, you know, one, two, and three aren't serving me. I want to focus on one and two. But that obliger is like, but you've already started three, four, and five, and people are expecting three, four, and five. And I, I have to keep doing them. And so then that became a thing. And so I had to really shed people's, ex my view, my perspective, what I thought were people's expectations of me. Mm. In actuality, they think I'm an awesome person, not I'm an awesome person because I'm doing A, B, C, and D, but just because I'm an awesome person. Yes. And so once I shed that, it allowed me to really still try new things at the drop of a hat sometimes. And then if I realize mm, my passion's not there or, you know, that's not serving me anymore, being able to let that go and not feel bad about it. So I, that's the biggest thing I've had to shed, especially in this last year. I love that. Yeah. And I think that that's made space for so many other things. And I think that we that's very typical for us to get in our own way around what we think other people want us to do. And other people don't not that they don't care, but they're like other people are not sitting there analyzing what you should do. <laughs> You're analyzing the expectation that they're analyzing. Right. If I went back and looked at the data and just replayed conversations, whenever I told somebody about something else I've done, they're like, wow, you did something else? They were already blown away by the thing I did before. And just the fact that I did something else, I'm like, huh, wow. And so me replaying that was like, oh, they could care less. It's just like, wow, she's doing something else. It doesn't mean that she's doing something else and she has to, and that's awesome. Yeah, They're just blown away that also Nikita is doing something else. Totally. Um, so, and I also love that when you, you start all these new things and you are diving into things in different ways that you are giving yourself permission. And, and I think through this discernment over the last year, which we'll talk about more in a minute, but in the process of this, you've given yourself permission to show up imperfectly instead of like, I have to see everything through from beginning to end and make it all wrap it up in a bow, giving yourself the permission to live an imperfect journey and recognizing like, what does that actually look like? Does it mean sometimes shelving something or stopping something or quitting something? And so can you, I know you have five specific steps to living an imperfect journey. Can you share those with us? Yes. And these I have to like coin as my thing in my business and I take it wherever I go. But it's something I had to live through and show and figure it out. So my five steps are showing up, being vulnerable, practicing gratitude, being a badass and enjoying the ride. And so for me, that really is this whole journey, this whole cycle of becoming your best self, being in it, living your best imperfect journey. And so showing up is really just saying, no matter what, the good for good or for bad, I'm going to show up. I'm going to be, as you say, hashtag here for it. And all that that encompasses. It's not going to be easy. I'm going to show up more on some days and less on others, but I'm here for it. I'm showing up. And then with that being vulnerable, it really is I'm emotionally going to be here for it. And so I'm going to be open up to that process. If it doesn't feel good, I'm still going to keep going. When it gets hard, it's I'm still going to keep going. When I get frustrated, I'm still going to be keep going. I'm going to be open to making mistakes, owning those mistakes and still keep going. So just being vulnerable and opening to that. Practicing gratitude is huge for me. Pausing and really thinking about where I'm at how I've gotten here and just looking around sometimes. It's been like if it's three o'clock in the morning and I'm just working when I know I just need to take a break, just stop and listen to the silence of the house. Or if I listen hard enough, I hear my son snoring, which is an amazing sound right now. <laughs> amazing. And I just smile because I'm like, this is the life I've wanted. Yes, I want to have a bigger house maybe. Or yes, I want to, I am going to become a millionaire one day. And also I am so happy right now where I'm at. And being grateful for that is part of that journey. And then number four, really being a badass is something I've just come to terms with in this last year. And that is what I say, harnessing your power. So acknowledging like a year ago, I couldn't say Nikita's awesome. 
I would say people say Nikita is awesome, but no, like I'm a pretty cool person. I've got a lot going for myself. (laughs) And it feels good to say that. It just gives me just this lift of, yes, you've got to pump yourself up first. Yes, you you need your circle you need your people. And also you've got to believe it first. It's not the job of your people all around you to constantly push you up. You've got to start it because they're not always going to be around. Not because they turn their back on you, maybe because they've got stuff going on. And so really harnessing my power, what makes me great? What do I feel like makes me great? And proclaiming that, whether it's doing it quietly through the night, saying it when my voice is shaking, saying it in a place that I don't feel comfortable stepping up for myself. Either way, I'm being a badass. I'm embracing who I am and I'm going forward with it. So something that I think is so powerful is owning that title, owning I'm a badass, owning your badassery over uh, over waiting for or needing or requiring other people's validation. Permission, yes. And permission, yeah. And I think that that is hard work. But it also 100% is what gives you power because if you're waiting for permission to be a badass because you need someone else to tell you that that's what you are, you will constantly be chasing something that you have no control over and that has nothing to do with your actual value because everyone's going to value us in different ways. When you can own your value on your own, suddenly, first of all, you're going to attract really cool people (laughs) because you're going to have a magneticism about you. But also you're going to, it will shift how you show up in relationships and it will shift how other people perceive you. It will shift opportunities for you. And it really will eliminate this, the tenuousness I think that can happen in relationships sometimes where you're like, but hold on, did they like my Facebook post? Like that kind of stuff. And I think that's just extremely powerful and necessary for growth. Right. And again, I'm all about this data collection now. And what it also looked like for me is when people would say, Nikita, you're a badass. My first response is usually, "Mm, no, I'm not. So I'd brush them off anyway. Yeah. So it became a, if I'm waiting for permission and people are giving it to me and then I'm like, nope, never mind. Where am I going? It's not following through. And so realizing that even if people were quote unquote giving me permission, I still wasn't accepting that. And so what I was waiting for, I still wasn't even, it's been given to me and I'm still not going forward. So something must not be working. I need to start for myself and saying, no, Nikita, you're a badass. You're an awesome person. And then when people, other people say it, I'm like, yeah, I am. And that's why we're all friends because we're all badasses. We're all doing this together. So I encourage your listeners whenever they're, think about what you're saying and how that plays out. Because like I just said, oftentimes we're waiting for this permission. And when we get it in the sense of a compliment or people saying, you are amazing, you are great. Oftentimes as women and as mothers, we then shrink and we say, no, actually it's the kids or, you know, I just had to do it. It's what a mom does. And we've been given that permission and we're not accepting it. And so what are we doing? Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky, wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. 
let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking It. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them, even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff. Okay, tell us the last one, number five, the fifth step to living an imperfect journey. It is enjoying the ride. And that just means being along for that journey. All that it entails, being able to look at everything, look back and seeing how you've shown up, how you've gotten vulnerable and uncomfortable, how you're practicing gratitude, how you're being a badass and looking back at how far you've come. So a year ago, or if we'd go a year and a half ago, when I first listened to the podcast, when I was driving back and forth an eight hour commute every week to see my family, and that's a whole nother story. That's where I was. And now a whole year and a half, we are in a house. We're together in the same house. I have a new job. I have a new business that I'm building that lights me up. And I would have never thought I would have been here a year and a half. And it's only been a year and a half. Where am I going to be three years? Where am I going to be five years? Sleeping, hopefully, but yes. Can you tell people what that family situation was a year and a half ago? Because I didn't know this until... I think a couple months ago that we like when we first met you, your family was living in two locations and it sounds very overwhelming. Yes. Yeah, so essentially we were in two states and that's how I pretty much found the Shameless Mom Academy podcast is two years before my wife and I had a really intentional conversation of her not being happy in her job. And she moved there for me. And I always said, the next time we move, I'm going with you. And so we had this conversation of she's not happy here anymore. She's ready to go. And then I wasn't. And so we had to have this moment of when are you going to be ready? And just this really intense conversation. And so it turned into us living with our in-laws for six months and it was four and a half hours away. And so I was still at my old job and was in a place where I felt I always had the option, but I felt like I couldn't leave at that moment. And so I would work Monday through Thursday. Thursday after I got off of work at five o'clock, I drive four and a half hours to my in-laws to be with my family. And my son then was 11, 10 months old and stay Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night and drive back Sunday evening. Or I'd stay Sunday night and wake up at 3 a.m. to drive back four and a half hours to work to be there and stay there for the week. And that was my life for six months, back and forth every week. And so listening to the podcast allowed me to stay awake <laughs> and to just really delve into like, who am I? What do I want? Have these conversations. So that was my life. It's I can't imagine doing that. And you and I have had conversations about like, <laughs> my mom lives five hours away. And I'm like, I guess I could do that. Try like, 
like doing it like one time. I'm like, got to gear up. And, and you were just like, this was a like weekly thing that you were doing. So funny, like our different perspectives. So yeah, I love this. I love the enjoying the ride piece. And I think it's so important to honor where we're at in order to appreciate when we get to the other side of something. And I think that, you know, when you talk about journey, I think that is so much of it. And I think that for people who, you know, who like immediate gratification and who doesn't, it can be really hard to be in the middle of a journey, especially a hard journey, especially a journey you didn't choose. So like infertility is a great example and enjoy the ride. And so anything, can you say anything more about when you are in those really hard moments, how you are able to pause and recognize the gift of a time that is really hard, the gift of a journey that is really hard? I think it really is aligning that with who you are as a person. So for me, at my core, I am a feeler. I am a quirky person and I'm also really quiet and insightful. So that means that when I was going through my IVF journey, it was tough. And each time I went through it, it got tougher and tougher. And also, I have this sense of humor that I love and people love. And so I really leaned into that during that journey. So I had a whole Facebook, private Facebook group where I would share pictures of this green little blob. And I said, this is the lumpy queen angel because I've been doing a week of progesterone shots and my butt just feels like a potato right now. Finding just humor for me allows me to take a breath and have that light. And so I tapped in the things that make me feel good and make me feel special and that bring people close to me. And that made those tough times easier. It made them more, I could get through them easier. Yeah. I. It's funny when we were going through IVF, I was the person at the clinic, like always making a lot of jokes. And at a certain point I was like, people, there's probably a lot of people who here who are not appreciating my irreverence. Like this actually might be really disrespectful and dismissive of other people's pain right now. But it was like how I had to manage to get through. And I remember sitting and they had like a, at a certain point in IVF, like you had to go to some sort of group meeting. I don't remember what it was even for, but it was kind of just talking you through the process. But there was like eight of us there. And I was the only one there without a partner because I told my husband, I'm like, you don't need to come. Like, we've been through all this infertility stuff. I'll go alone. So I'm the only one there without a partner and the probably the only one there who also had a child already. And I had to catch myself early on. I was I made like a flippant comment that I was like thinking I was being cute and funny. And I was like, whoa, like you need to check yourself because there's a lot of people in this room who are not being like here to be cute and funny. Like they're this is a, you know, can be a really, really delicate matter for people. But that was how I had to get through. It was like totally making jokes about it. And there's my girlfriends who were supported us through infertility both times definitely knew that I was like, there was a lot of tears, but also I like had to make fun of so many things because that was the only way I could keep going and find that joy in the ride. Exactly. hundred percent. Okay. So I want to talk about how you have evolved in discernment in the last year, because we talked about Early on, I love that you're already laughing about this because early on, when we first started working together, like I said, you know, every week you had a new project and a new product and a new podcast. And like for seven weeks in a row, there was new things, which was amazing. And also you did get to a point, which I'll let, you know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you did get to a point where it was a lot of things. There was some discernment that needed to happen. So can you talk about the discernment that you've gone through this year in order to figure out, okay, I've created all these things and now where do I really want to go? with it all. Yes. And I'll start off by saying it's been the messiest, grayest portion of my life thus far. So I'm still learning how to put it into words. And so for me, it was, so let me also put some context and I don't wear this with like pride, but it is who I was and where I was. 
I was and still do work a full-time nine-to-five job. Mm -hmm. I was building basically an empire with all of these different parts of, like you said, launching a podcast, launching a journal, doing six-week like coaching mini programs and like four or five different things in addition to raising a newborn or a, a son, a toddler at that point, in addition to being in a new place. I had a lot of stuff going on and often thrive at that. And it gets me like up on this high, but then what comes up must come down. And so it got to this point where I was a little burnout, but it was me really stopping and saying like, what really makes me happy? And I remember sitting at home, just watching Netflix with my family. My son's running around in his diaper and we're just hanging out. My dog is barking at something. And I'm like, this is feels good right now. I'm happy. And then I asked myself, how could I mimic this in my business? How could I mimic this, my family life into the broader spectrum of who I am in my life? And it allowed me really to go inward. I had to ask myself and be ready for that answer and follow what I was saying, which for a stubborn person like me, it's kind of hard. I'm amazing <laughs> at giving advice to others, but nah, taking my own is, is tough. <laughs> it's super hard. <laughs> I concur. Yes, for most recovering perfectionists. But I really had to think about What is bringing me joy? I know I want to make the world a better place. I know I want to feel like I'm making a difference to who. That's one of the questions I had to ask. Who do I specifically want to do this for? People. Okay, that's what I've been doing. I was doing it for people. Okay, let's figure out who, what kind of people. And so really honing in and being okay with, you don't have to serve everybody. Because if you serve one person and then they serve two people and then they serve four people and then they serve eight people, you're serving that one person in actuality does make a difference for everybody, but you don't have to be the one to do it. And so me realizing that is that it doesn't have to be me. And I had to tell myself, and you said this, I'm not that special. I'm amazing and I'm great, but I'm not the most important in person in the world, nor do I want to be. I don't have time for that. I don't have time to for the weight of the world like on me. Nobody wants that. But I know the things that I like and I know the impact that I make and honing in and focusing on all of these different aspects of my business. And then now being to a point where I am, I finally have like an ideal client of the person I can see, I can name, and I know what I'm doing for them. And as a result for doing, helping them, the world is a better place. And I am completely okay with that. And so that is kind of the bigger picture of how I discern, really start out with just looking in and asking myself those questions and doing the work. I love this so much. And yes, so back to like, I'm not that special. So I mean, I adore you, but you're not that special. (laughs) But the other side of that is you're not like nobody is special, but everybody is uniquely qualified to do something great. And I think what this process of discernment has looked like for you, and you can definitely, you know, chime in and and add to this. But um, I think that it's, it's looked at like, where do you want to be unique? Um, rather than just having a list of special accomplishments, like where do you want to stand in your unique gifts in order to serve in the, the and have the impact that only you can have in the way that you can have it? Um, and I think that that's where this discernment has come into play for you. And you've gotten so much clarity. I mean, even in the last few months, like just a ton of clarity around like, okay, I'm going to make, I'm going to shed some of this stuff over here in order to make space for having deeper impact over here. Right. And I want to make clear, like for your listeners, When I say there, so for me, I'm not special, but I am worthy and I am important. Yes. So I'll say that again. I'm not special, but I am worthy and I am important. Those are not the same things. And that is what I had to figure out and the key to my discernment. Once I realized that I can be important and worthy, but I didn't have to carry the weight of the word on my shoulders, oh, everything opened up. And I was like, okay, what do I really want to do? Because I have a special gift 
I have an important gift. I am worthy of pursuing this gift. And if I help three people, guess what? That's plenty for me. And it's just this perspective shift that really has blown my mind and really opened up my life to something that I've never would have reached otherwise. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. And I totally agree. I feel the same about it's great to build a big platform and impact many. But when you can see really deep impact and massive growth in one person, all of a sudden, you're like, it doesn't matter at all how many Instagram followers I have. Exactly. <laughs> you're like, you know, like, it's just it shifts things so much when you can have deep impact in one area or with one person or in one to see that on just a really through a, almost like through a magnifying glass. I love it. Okay, so good. So I want to know, in what ways are you currently showing up as a shameless mom? Oh, all right. That has been a journey as well. Have you been waiting for this question for over a year now? I honestly forgot about it because that has honestly been a a big struggle Mm. because I carried so much guilt for the longest because I have been the one who works a lot at night and I'll have my son next to me. And when he's playing, then I'm doing work. And then when he'll, mommy, then I'll stop and play with him. But then I get back to work. And I felt guilty about that because I felt like I either had to be all him, all work or all me. And so that idea of, no, he can see me working and I'm going to challenge myself to be able to unplug when needed has really made me shameless. So I like during my weeks, I have two or three days two or three nights a week when I'm on evening coaching calls, evening calls that are right around when my son is eating dinner and goes to sleep. And I'm aware of that. And for the longest I used to like, okay, like talking to my wife, can you just watch him? Like, I'll be off as quickly as I can. I'm hurrying. I two more minutes. And now I'm like, all right, you see the schedule, you know, Monday, Monday and Tuesdays this week or Monday, Tuesday and Thursday next week, I'm on a call. So you got it down and she's all yours and feeling great about that. And knowing that me showing up for myself allows me to be a better mother because I'm being true to myself and I know he's watching me. I know that he's watching what I'm doing and I'm instilling that in him. And when I have my hard days, just taking time to decompress and be with my family. So I'm currently showing up as a shameless mom by just continuing to grow my business and my empire and also being the best mom I can be, knowing that that changes on a daily basis. But it's definitely something I'm still, it's gray. It's still gray and I'm still learning to put words and figuring out how all the ways that I'm showing up as a shameless mom. But for right now, that is and that feels good to me. I love it. And it's also constantly evolving, like as it should be. Right. So, Okay. This has been so amazing. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited and so grateful for the time that we've gotten to spend together. Can you tell people where they can find you and connect with you? Yes. So I, if you're a part of the Shameless Mom Academy, you'll see me popping into the private Facebook group, Every Damn Day group from time to time. I also have my own business and company outside of this, Journey Girl Magic Productions, which is all about having podcast launch services, coaching and editing services for women of color in podcasting. And that is something that I am lit up and passionate about to the fullest extent. And so if there are any shameless moms of color who are listening, or if you want to learn more about it, then you can visit me on Instagram at Journey Girl Magic Productions and the girl is spelled with a U. And then also my website is Journey Girl Magic Productions. So those are the main two. I have a bunch of other websites, but I am really working on honing them in. <laughs> You're tempted. You want to list them all off right now, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I do, but there's no point in doing that if I'm ending up changing them. So right. that's the main way. I love this. And oh my gosh, I think what a gift if you can help more women of color get podcasts out into the world and the ripple in terms of impact is just so massive and so amazing. Um, so like Nikita said, you will see her in the shame or you do see her. Some of you already see her a lot. You'll see her sometimes in our every damn day Facebook group over at shamelessmom.com slash Facebook. So that's our 
Facebook group that any shameless moms can join for free. And then if you're in Momentum Mamas or Tenacious Mamas, she's also in there as an assistant coach. That's a new promotion. So she's been with us for a while as our community manager, but now she's officially assistant coach, which is amazing because I have been so incredibly touched and grateful for the way Nikita has like always shown up in the coaching space in those groups and just lent herself so generously. And so to be able to have her officially on board as a coach is going to, I know, just expand the impact of all the work we do in the Shameless Mom Academy and also really let you shine in your gifts. It's so funny. There's been a couple of times when I've been like, hey, can you lead this coaching call or can you do this? And like her face lights up. <laughs> it's like I've turned on a Christmas tree. <laughs> like, yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. This is amazing. So yeah, like you were so meant to be someone who coaches others and teaches others and leads others. And so I'm so grateful for the work you're doing for that in my community. And I also love seeing you do it outside of my community as well and the spaces that you're creating for yourself. And it truly is what lights me up. It's my jam. It's it's what I'm all about. It's what I am journeying for. So thank you again for having me. And I hope that this was helpful. Oh my gosh. So helpful. Thank you, Nikita. We adore you. I know there's like a whole Nikita fan club within the Shameless Mom Academy that's listening to this and just cheering for you right now. So we do need to acknowledge that that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> I see you all. You know. Yes, exactly. For the Nikita fan club who have long loved and adored you, <laughs> we know that you're cheering. Thank you so much, Nikita. Thank you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Before I let you go, did you push pause during this episode to go get yourself signed up for my upcoming workshop, Five Mindset Resets You Need to Shine Like a Mother? Because if you didn't, I want you to go do that right now. Again, this is a free workshop. It's next week on July 15th, 4 p.m. Pacific. I don't want you to miss out. Go to shamelessmom.com slash shine right now to get yourself registered. That's shamelessmom.com slash shine. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be Shameless Mom of the Week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? 
If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Ko, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts.